Welcome to Stories of Iceland. It is getting dark here in Iceland. The sun rises late and goes down early. My office is filled with boxes of my newest card game. The news today is of a couple of New Zealand Instagram stars, Bridget Thackeray and Topher Rich White, who decided it would be fun to drive off-road in Icelandic nature, which is illegal since it can leave marks for decades. There are always people who think that the rules don't apply to them. If you want to help me focus more of my energy towards this podcast, please support me on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash stories of Iceland. I really need a boost. I'd like to thank all of my supporters, especially Troy Williams, a friend of the podcast. My newest supporter is Carla King. Join her at patreon.com slash stories of Iceland. There is extra material there. But this is Stories of Iceland and this is episode 25. Where in the world is Iceland? Iceland is in the North Atlantic. Its capital city is Reykjavik. So that answers the question, where in the world is Iceland? Or does it? We can start with something easy. Iceland is in the Northern Hemisphere. So if you have a standard globe, then you know it is above the equator. If your globe is more, quote-unquote, woke, then it might be below the equator. Above and below do, of course, not have any meaning in space, but it is a handy reference. Iceland is in the north. Some bits of Iceland even cross the Arctic Circle, though the Arctic Circle does move around a bit. But it is this proximity to the Arctic which explains our long days in summer and long nights in winter. Iceland is also in the Western Hemisphere. This is a bit more political. Nature doesn't give us any convenient point of reference, so we use Greenwich, England as a starting point. So the Western Hemisphere simply tells us that we are somewhere in the 90 degrees west of Greenwich. My geology teacher told us a story about when people were arguing about what point should be zero degrees longitude. According to him, Danish scholars wanted to use Reykjavik, Iceland as the middle. It does make a little sense since that if you draw a line straight down that is south from Reykjavik, there would be no land until you reached Antarctica. But since the British Empire was a thing... We have granites. Another easy question. Which continent does Iceland belong to? Well, Europe. Easy. See, 
But why Europe? Well, just because continents aren't real in a fiscal geographic sense. Europe is an obvious example of how arbitrary these things are. The mainland of Europe is connected to both Asia and through Asia to Africa, at least before the Suez Canal came along. But that doesn't really count. If we dig a little deeper, even deeper than the Suez Canal, all the way down to the tectonic plates, we can see that most of Europe and the majority of Asia are on the same tectonic plate. This is the Eurasian plate. India earns its title of subcontinent by pushing itself into the much larger mass. Much of the Middle East and parts of Siberia are also excluded. The reason why Europe is counted as a continent is not geographic or geological, but culture, and then mostly because the people who decided what constituted a continent were either European or very influenced by European thought. So these people found a way to draw a line on a map between themselves and the other. If we dig deep again, we can trace the borders of the Eurasian tectonic plate, which brings us to Thingvellir in Iceland. If you have been there, you have likely been told that it is where the North American plate meets the Eurasian plate. You might even have been photographed standing in two continents. The thing most tour guides fail to mention is that Thingvellir is really at the meeting of the North American plate and the Hrepar microplate. Of course, telling people about a microplate is not really awe-inspiring, so guides tend to go for the simple version. There are many places in Iceland where you can see where the Eurasian tectonic plate meets the North American one, but Thingvellir is not one of them. The most impressive place is, in my opinion, near Lake Mývatn in the northeast of Iceland. But most of the time you can drive from one tectonic plate to the other without seeing anything out of the ordinary. If the tectonic plates were the deciding factor when assigning continents, Iceland should really belong both to Europe and North America, with a little microplate in between where you would stand and proclaim that you could see both Europe and North America, but were in neither place. Of course, Iceland was said to be in Europe long before anybody started thinking about tectonic plates. And since Iceland is in the middle of the aforementioned North Atlantic, it can't really be lobbed in with the mainland of Europe. First, you have to define a few stepping stones. Britain is so close to Europe that it makes sense for it to be a part of the continent. But let's not get into politics quite yet. Ireland is also quite close to Europe, especially if you, if you use Britain as a stepping stone. But even without Britain, Ireland as a whole should be a part of Europe. Uh, sorry, politics again. If you go north from Scotland, which is still in Britain, but even more interestingly in Europe, then there are islands there. First the Scottish islands, the Hebrides and the Orkneys. And then a bit further, there are the Faroe Islands. The Faroe Islands are close enough to Britain 
and Norway that it makes sense to say that they belong to the same continent. But the Faroes are even more important as a stepping stone to incorporate Iceland in Europe. They are not only a geological link, but also a cultural link. But even though the Faroes are our closest neighbor to the east, Greenland is closer by about a third in the west. There are less than 300 kilometers from Iceland to Greenland, which means that there are places in Iceland that are nearer to Greenland than to other parts of Iceland. There is a mind-blowing fact about the relationship between these two islands, Greenland and Iceland. Greenland outreaches Iceland in all cardinal directions. So even though Greenland is to the west of Iceland, the easternmost tip of Greenland, which is called Nordustrundingen, is farther east than the easternmost tip of Iceland, which is Skerpir. This is explained by the fact that Nordustrundingen is much closer to the North Pole than Iceland. Even so, Greenland is considered a part of North America, geographically speaking. The northernmost part of Iceland might be Kolbinsey. It is a tiny island about 100 kilometers off the coast of Iceland. It used to be about 700 meters long and 100 meters across, but it has never been inhabited. The surrounding ocean is grinding it down, and we can only assume that it will be lost sooner rather than later. There is one island even farther in the north of Iceland, which we consider a neighbor of sorts. It is 500 kilometers away from Kolbinsey. It is called Jan Mayen, a part of Norway. Even farther north we can find Svalbard, which kind of belongs to Norway. This archipelago is about 60% of the size of Iceland, but is mostly covered in glaciers and polar bears. So... We've covered physical geography, but cultural geography might be more important. Iceland is considered one of the Nordic countries of Europe, the other ones being Denmark, Finland, Norway, Sweden, the Faroe Islands, Greenland and Åland. You've likely not heard about Åland. They are a cluster of islands between Finland and Sweden. Politically, they belong to Finland, but the inhabitants speak Swedish. This might be the best of both worlds. If you don't live in these countries, you might be more familiar with the term Scandinavia. If we ignore culture and politics, then we could say that Scandinavia is simply the peninsula where Norway and Sweden are. But there is a broader cultural context, so... Denmark is almost always included. Sometimes people talk about the Scandinavian languages, which include Icelandic and Faroese. We might claim that the Faroes are close enough geographically to be included in Scandinavia, but not Iceland. But then there is Finland, where the majority speaks Finnish, a language unrelated to the other Nordic languages. This might exclude them linguistically, but their culture is closely related to Swedish. Are they in Scandinavia or not? So in Iceland we almost never use the term Scandinavia. We refer to the Nordic countries. But what defines those? 
if we go back to the year 1397, when all these countries formed the Kalmar Union under Queen Margaret Valdemarsdóttir, usually called Margaret I, the Kalmar Union didn't last long as an entity, but it is symbolic that all the Nordic countries were at one time joined. There is one region that belonged to this union that I haven't mentioned as part of the Nordic countries. These are the northern islands of Scotland, Orkneys and Shetland Islands. These islands were in fact lost by a king of the Kalmar Union called Christian I. He used them as collateral for a dowry payment when his daughter married James III of Scotland. Christian then failed to pay the dowry and the islands became a part of Scotland. The Kalmar Union was decisive for Iceland. In the 13th century, Iceland had pledged their loyalty to the kings of Norway and lost its independence. But in 1944, Iceland gained its independence from Denmark. This happened because of the Kalmar Union. In 1523, Sweden rebelled and gained its independence. Denmark had become the seat of power, and from there they ruled Norway, the Faroe Islands, and Iceland. In the aftermath of the Napoleonic Wars, Norway passed under Swedish rule while Iceland and the Faroes continue to be a part of Denmark. If we look back to the time when the Kalmar Union was established, there was a large region from Greenland in the west to Norway in the east, to the Orkneys and Shetlands to the south, which was dominated by one language with many dialects. An Icelander would have with little difficulty, been able to use his own language to talk to all these people. We could call this the West Nordic language, as opposed to the Eastern branch, which included Danish and Swedish. So, here I have defined the Nordic countries. Or not. I neglected to mention the Sami people of northern Scandinavia. Let's not use that word. They mostly live in northern... Norway, Sweden, and Finland. They don't speak Nordic language, but they are of the north. The Sami deserve their own special episode. Let's get back to our main story. You might think that Iceland is just a little island in the North Atlantic, but it's a bit more complicated than that. Iceland rules a large part of the ocean that surrounds it. Kind of. After gaining independence, Iceland fought for its right to govern territorial fishing, not to be confused with the Nirvana song with a similar title. This brings us back to Kolbensee, the tiny island in the north. When our territorial waters were being decided, Iceland wanted Kolbensee to be considered the northernmost point of land, which would have made our territory even larger than it already was. The problem was that Kolbins A is slowly being eaten away by the surrounding ocean. So, Iceland tried to reinforce the islands from the elements. A helicopter pad was built to ease transport to the island. But finally, Iceland signed a treaty which eliminated the importance of Kolbins A. So now the island is completely at the mercy of the North Atlantic. 
earlier I mentioned that Greenland was considered a part of North America. When I first wrote that passage, it had no political meaning. Just a few days later, Donald Trump tried to buy Greenland from Denmark. This was considered offensive for several reasons. Most people in the U.S. understood that you shouldn't really buy a country that is inhabited. For Icelanders, it was mostly offensive because we don't think Denmark owns Greenland. We think the people of Greenland own Greenland. Denmark still has some authority over Greenland, but the country has home rule and might become independent sooner or later. I really can't imagine that the people of Greenland are enthusiastic about becoming a part of the United States. Greenland doesn't really have a good experience of dealing with Americans. The most famous incident which tarnishes this relationship is the fact that there is an American nuclear bomb frozen beneath the ice in northern Greenland. We in Iceland aren't thrilled about that either. Greenland is mixed culturally. There is lots of influence from Denmark, but the ancestors of the native people came from northern Canada long before Canada became a country. I should note that in Iceland we don't refer to them as Inuits or even Eskimos. We just call them Greenlanders. There's a lot of affection in Iceland for our Western neighbors, and I think it's reciprocated. There was an Icelandic settlement in Greenland for centuries. It was there when the Kalmar Union was established, but it disappeared soon afterwards. This will be a subject for at least an episode, if not more. There is also a lot of affection in Iceland for our eastern neighbors, the Faroe Islands. Often we tend to think of them as a sibling, that is, a younger sibling. There has always been a lot of mixing between our nations. Their language is very close to ours, though their written language is almost more related to Icelandic than to Faroese. The reason for this is complicated and really deserves an episode of its own. Last but least... Let's go into politics. Iceland is not a part of the European Union. We are a kind of bonus member, which gives us, as well as Norway and Switzerland, access to Europe on a similar level as members of the EU. Through the years, we have debated back and forth if we should become full members, but we have never really gone all the way. Iceland is a part of NATO, This is one of the most contested parts of Icelandic politics. As members, we were a part of the Cold War. There was a military base in Keplavik and radar stations around the country. NATO was recently the center of discussion when Turkey invaded the Kurdish-governed parts of Syria and attacked the people who had borne the brunt of defeating ISIS. We are very uncomfortable to be allied through NATO to the dictatorship which is forming in Turkey. But let's not go further than that. I hope my listeners now know a little more about Iceland's place in the world than when I started. But when asked, you can always reply, Iceland is in the North Atlantic.
That is it for today. Thanks to Evan Williams, Jon Helgeson, Austin Yule, Fred Sutler, and all my other supporters. And as always, special thanks to Troy Williams, a friend of the podcast. I am Olignesti Soljason, and this has been Stories of Iceland, episode 25, Where in the World is Iceland? Thank you.